0: What if every day you had the chance to experience more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Dawn Richard also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am so excited to have my guest today, Doug Gordon, this uh, incredible renaissance man. Okay, so Doug, do you think that you were emotionally intelligent in your marriage?
0: To some extent on yes. And others, I had to learn different parts. So, you know, the main problem with my marriage that happened was I had the near-death experience. And the near-death experience changed me. I used to be a real party animal. You know, it was all about competition. It was all about, you know, going out for a few beers after the game of hockey or whatever it might be. And afterwards, I became much more aware of who I was and wanting to help other people rather than just my own self. And I think because I changed so much... I think my ex-wife was looking at me going, who is this person? Who are you? And that really kind of changed in terms of our own relationship. But I think I think, in terms of emotional intelligence, maybe the relationship went on a little bit longer than it should have.
1: Uh-huh. But at
0: the same time, I think it was the right time for the children because it gave me enough time with my children to really get to know them. I mean, my, my daughter was nine and my son was 11 and a half, almost 12. So I developed a good relationship with them so that when the marriage breakdown happened, uh, I still have a good relationship with them as well. And then gradually, once the initial fear went away, uh, my my ex-wife and I have now become friends again. And um, mm. with the little bumps, you know, along the yeah. way, which everybody mm-hmm. has. But at the same time, I have to say in terms of emotional intelligence, during the during the marriage, we were pretty good. Um, my my, my ex wife had a horrific childhood um, in terms of childhood trauma. Her, her mother, I won't go into it, but her mother it, it had a hard time. Died very young. Uh, yeah. Her mother died when she was twenty one, and um, that that was a hard time. And I have to say, and you, you know, when our first uh, child came along, my son. I think a lot of that emotion came up as well. So that brought certain areas into the, um, into the relationship, but we were emotional intelligent. We went together, we saw counselors together We worked together the best we could um, to see if we could bring the relationship back into the best possible state. And at times it was, it was a very loving, kind, wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think just at the end, we just grew apart. And mm-hmm. I think we had the emotional intelligence to realize that. And it was time to move on. And mm-hmm. it and now, as I said earlier on, uh, she is a partner. I have a partner, and everybody's happy, which is good.
1: Good. Yeah, that w- that was one of the biggest considerations uh, when I chose to get divorced. I said, I want him to be happy, and I want to be happy, and I want you kids to be happy. I want you to experience peace, and you know, and love, and even if it's separate, like our love for you will not change. It's just our relationship needs to change because it wasn't healthy or helpful for anybody but I want I wanted to ask you what was your near-death experience like Can can you talk a little bit about that because I I know that anybody that I've heard talk about a near-death experience say it really transforms the way that you see life
0: yeah so what happened was it we have to go right back to 2008 see. A lot of people remember that was a tough time in terms of September when the markets fell through the floor. And I was obviously working in the stock market, and uh-huh. we ended up losing billions, basically. And uh, I had to lay off quite a few people on the team. And at that point, I became very stressed because a lot of these were you know very close people to me. Uh, yeah. And by the end of 2009, I'd gone and I'd seen doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist. And I had two operations that went wrong then on my digestive tract, which is stress related. and. After that, I had abdominal pain that was so strong, it was like I was being punched in the stomach, and it was pretty much consistent. So sometimes I'd wake up like ten times in the night, and it was so painful, Um and it really did affect actually the marriage as well. I have to say. And then eventually, then in when I thought nothing could get any worse, in two thousand twelve, uh, in September two thousand twelve, actually, I got the norovirus, which is like a stomach bomb. And when you'd had the operations that I had, you didn't want to get this kind of thing. And oh. actually, 10 days of serious dehydration where my electrolytes were down to pretty much zero. And um, I was rushed to hospital in an ambulance ECG said heart blood pressure doubled, arrived into A&E and was rushed down to x-ray. And on the way down to x-ray, I died and I was encapsulating this amazing feeling of love, energy and connection. And, you know, obviously came back, otherwise I wouldn't be speaking to you, but at the time it <laughs> did was, you, uh, did
1: you see yourself from above?
0: No, I just, I just, just saw your white light uh-huh. I was like encapsulated in it and connected to everything. And there was no man with a beard, but there was a living, conscious, loving energy that was surrounding me within me. And it was not speaking, but it was like a knowing thoughts almost coming into my head, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And it was basically a wake up call to say, you know what, you need to change your life in some way or form. And actually, when I came back, I have to say I recovered very quickly. And, you know, in, in the past, I've had to really work on my ego. And you know, I went back into work and just, you know, I didn't really pay enough attention to it. Mm-hmm. But I did feel that I needed to give something back. So there was a there was a church course at the time, it's called the Alpha Course, Bear Grills had done it. I thought, good enough for bear grills, probably good enough for me. So I went and did this course. And when I was there, they obviously started talking about Jesus and everything like this. It's Christian, <laughs> excuse me. And um, I said to them, I said, Look, I really truly believe in this stuff. But having had that you know, death experience when I was encapsulating this amazing energy of love and energy connection. I don't believe that this love energy would ever alienate or discriminate against anybody in this world. Mm. I just wonder, is there any way we can get a religion that encapsulates love and everybody rather than individual points of views? Because I, I do believe that religions are like rivers to the sea. They're all beautiful. Uh, they're just different paths to the sea. If we could somehow bring them all together in a right. commonality of love that would be best and I said that to them and they said that's beautiful Doug but it's not Christianity maybe you might want to think of something else so I walked out and I said to the universe I said give me a sign because I wanted a sign and two days later I was helping a friend of mine who had cancer and because I'd done so much nutritional stuff for my own self for my abdomen and stuff that uh, I was helping him and then uh, I, I said to him I said look Maybe you should consider something soul-like. I did this course, da da. And then that night I was running, going running for hockey. And I was running with my dog side. And the dog tripped me up when flying over the dog, <laughs> cut my head, hand and my knee to shreds, blood all over the place. And no joke when I got back home, I had cuts in my hands. I've still got the photos, actually. And I had two infinity signs or, or eights, I don't know whatever you want to call them, either side of the letters of the cross here saying I-N-R-I. It was big I, big N, small R, small I.
1: Oh, my um, gosh.
0: Yeah, I've still got the photos. So it was like as if saying, um, Jesus is Nazareth here, not really king of the Jews, but go back and do that course. So I went back and did Wow. Got into it to begin with and really, really like got into the religious side, read half the Bible, went to Berber classes, everything like that, but still felt the rivers to the sea thing. And I think this is where it's so important for people to realize. Christianity is a beautiful religion. It gets you to the sea, God, universal energy, whatever you believe in your own subconscious. Having said that, I do believe it's ignorant of us not to understand other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. So I went out and I learned Judaism, Jainism, Islam, everything I could possibly Buddhism. I met the Dalai Lama. Everything I could possibly learn about other perspectives, uh-huh. other people's ways of thinking. Because I think the biggest reason why we have wars in this world is because we all have opinions, and opinions are a bit like bottoms. Um, <laughs> we, we, all, we all have one. want Unless we yes. hear it. On S- right. right. Um, so sometimes it's so important to make sure that you really, really do understand with empathy and compassion, which is other parts of emotional intelligence about other people's perspectives and respect them and appreciate them for where they are and where they've come from. And that would make the world such a better place.
1: I, I, I so agree with you because I, I, did the same thing. I've I was brought up Christian and I have studied a lot of the other religions and, The tenets for all the religions is love. (laughs) And so why why do we have to say, you know, like you said, you see yellow and I see orange or you like green and I like red, and I'm never going to change your opinion. If that's your favorite color, that's your favorite color. And so why can't we, as part of this thing called humanity, why can't we have this deep respect and reverence for other people? Even if we don't understand their uh, their ways or their culture or their belief systems, it's like, aren't we all trying to live good lives? Aren't we all trying to um, connect with our families and create meaningful relationships as opposed to these fear and and power and hierarchical structures of you versus me, us versus them?
0: 100%. Yeah. The biggest power in the world is your inner power. And that comes from love and your heart. And when you get out of your head space, which is ego, which is edging God out and get into your heart space, which is your higher space, your soul space, that's when you make the best decisions in life. And that's where you develop the best possible relationships in life. And if we break down that word relationship into three different parts, and this is in my TED talk, which should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And, um, you know, the relationship word is made of a ship and a ship goes port to port in a direction. And that means you know whether you're a business and you need to get all your teams on board that ship in the right direction in terms of a mission statement and aligning goals to that, or you want to align yourself and a partner in the ways of life in terms of the direction of life. You need to relay in terms of conscious communication and active listening, not just listening, actually hearing uh, the the shuns, the shuns, which is the conditions, the expectations, the needs, and the values. And when you relay consciously your expectations needs and values to another person and consciously listen to theirs you will be on board that ship in the right direction of life or in the right direction if it's a mission in terms of a company as well
1: how do how do we become more conscious and conscientious <clears throat> because i feel like a lot a lot of the fear um, is this lack of emotional intelligence it's this lack of feeling Safe and trusting in yourself, you know that mm-hmm. sense of love because so many people are brought up with these very limited parameters or conditions of what they can do, how they can show up, what things they can express. I, I feel like so many of us walk around with these masks on trying to pretend <laughs> in this world. It's like how do we learn to drop the mask and have these beauty and create? Create, it's not have. I mean, it's a conscious creation, co creation.
0: Well, you said it yourself. So, conscious uh, creation is so important. And it makes the game of life more fun if you can help other people around you, even strangers, uh, become more consciously aware. And that word aware is key. So, in terms of self awareness, I have an exercise that I help people uh, to become more consciously aware. And the first thing you do is, and if anybody's listening, write, get a piece of paper. And write down all your self-aware traits, traumas or parental programs that you know you play that don't serve you. So let's do a few, maybe egotistical, materialistic, not actively listening enough, not understanding the other person's perspective enough, not feeling worthy of love or worthy of success. They're just a few that I often get. So write them all down. And then have a look, secondly, at five people that are in your life and choose a mother or father because you generally model them for the first seven years of your life and write down all the traits that you either don't like about them or the traits that you can see that don't serve them in some way or form. Oh. And then once you have those five people's traits all written down, it can be sometimes a list of about 20 if there's certain people in your life that you really don't like. <laughs> and, then, and then write them all down and then have a look as if there's any commonality between even two of them. Mm-hmm. And if there is, own it. Because I truly believe that the people that come into our lives mirror back areas where we need to self-improve ourselves. How many times have you pointed the finger and forgetting that there's three pointing back at you as well? Exactly. I often do uh, relationship coaching with people, whether it be board confrontation in terms of a business or love relationship coaching. And they often say to me, oh, my ex, they're a right narcissist or my ex boss. He was a right narcissist. And maybe they were. Maybe they were. But sometimes I do believe that the word narcissist in terms of an acronym could be neglected awareness, reflecting conditionings in suppressed self, instigating soul transition. And what I mean by that is sometimes the hardest people that come into our lives, the ones that wind us up the most, are sometimes the ones that help us grow and release those suppressed traumas from childhood to become better versions of ourselves. Or help us become more emotionally intelligent to deal with those type of people in the future. So you've got your self-aware views. You've got your mirror views. And then finally, something I learned in Kabbalah, which I also studied, which is um, to, it's an ego exercise to self-improve where you go and ask someone that you really trust what they see in you that they don't like. So you get third party, like a, like in who wants to be a millionaire? You phone a friend. So you ask them.
1: <laughs> I got that from my daughter yesterday, by the way.
0: Well, I actually did this with my dad and he told me to bring the biggest pad I could possibly find. <laughs> um, so it was, a, it was a very interesting exercise and the pen was ran out and everything. But anyway, but it's it's still, and then, so you've got your self-aware views, you've got your mirror views and you've got your a friend view. So you've got a very comprehensive list of areas that you need to self-improve on. And even if you don't think the ones that someone tells you are in you, own them anyway, because you never know. It just might cure it for them if they're seeing a mirror than you as well. So once you have that, Take that piece of paper with that comprehensive list and go and find a coach like yourself or myself or even a really trusted friend and voice them out loud. You might ask why to voice them out loud. And the reason being is a bit like when people go into alcoholics anonymous and they have to stand up in front of the group and say, I'm an alcoholic and I accept that and I'm willing to change. Because what they're doing is they're firstly showing accountability for their own self and also the other people. Secondly, they're actually showing awareness that they have these traits Thirdly, they're actually accepting that they're in them as well, because I can tell you, you know, maybe like your fart smell when you eat beans or something like that, you know, and if you continue eating beans, you don't accept it. So you just continue and you'll end up smelling stuff. So but if you can accept that and change then you will implement that change. So by voicing it out loud with absolutely, I get people about a six foot four, you know, huge guy in this very room. Uh, he used to play pro American football and he was like literally voicing out loud at times. I am not actively listening enough at times. I am this and so on. And he was voicing out loud. And then I get the per- person then to rip the piece of paper up. Throw it down the toilet, blow it up, whatever you need to do to feel that energy dissipating, and then rewrite the list in I am positive opposite. So I am always listening with love. I'm understanding other people's perspectives. I am worthy of love. I'm always successful, whatever it might be. And then say those either with a coach again uh, or out loud every single day in front of the mirror, your hand in your heart, eye to eye contact with absolute passion and meaning and emotion in order to create that change and seed your subconscious and change the neuroplasticity within your brain. And if you do that for a minimum of 21 days, preferably 60 days, it's very powerful and it does work, but it is like going to the gym. You cannot go to the gym for a week and expect to have big muscles. You need to keep doing it again and again and again. I
1: can't just do it once. I always say like, <clears throat> I take my magic wand, poof, it's done.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. Well, look, if someone is, is consciously really willing to change. Yeah. Yes. You probably could do that. But ninety nine percent of the time, people go back into the patterns that they've been playing in the past. And if you can get out of those patterns and let them go, it's amazing what a fabulous future you can create rather than the problems of the past.
1: Yeah, because I feel like I feel like so many people just cart that stuff with them. I mean, we all have stuff that we cart with them, and that's the that's the work is like how do you peel those layers away and release the things that don't serve you because they're keeping you they're keeping you stuck. And even even uh, speaking about forgiveness, right? We talked about this the other day in that room. Uh, forgiveness is not about the other person. It's not excusing behavior. It's not uh, you know agreeing that what they did. It's none of that. It's like when you hold that sense of of anger and resentment or judgment, it's like you're holding it also against yourself. And so, in order to release that. You have to you have to forgive yourself. It's about you. It's about it's about loving you and accepting all of what you've been through. Because I think a lot of times we carry these things and not accept, like pretend that it didn't happen or pretend we're not that way um, because we hold some judgment. But when we learn to accept and forgive and love. Like you develop this sense of that encapsulated feeling like you were talking about that encapsulated, no matter what I've done, like I'm still worthy of love.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. And look, I work with some pretty serious people in terms of gone through the worst possible scenarios in terms of physical, mental, emotional, and especially sexual abuse. Yeah. And, you know, having seen ladies and girls Uh, at 13 being the worst thing that could happen to a lady basically yes yes and then one this same lady actually I was working with one time she actually was locked in a basement for three years by her ex-husband and abused in the way you could possibly imagine that's
1: awful that's awful she was going
0: to you know she was going to take her life and I had to work very quickly with her in terms of changing your mindset, exactly what you said. So it's about taking that top-down perspective and say, saying, look, if you take this life as a learning, what can you learn from those people? Because hurt people hurt people. And it's, right. not, excuse. Exactly. it's not excusing them in any way because what happened to her and many other people that I work with is absolutely horrendous. Yeah. And I'll to be honest with you, you know, if I met the people, I, would, you know, I wouldn't I say what I'd do to them. But anyway, right. But, right. but but at the same time, you know, we have to – Forgive for us. We have to have understanding for us. And if we can understand that, that those people were obviously completely unloved, completely abused and completely, really, really hurt because that's the only thing they could give out afterwards. Right. And when there was a comprehension of that, then there was a slight understanding and that helped them be able to let go and not for them, not for those people, but for themselves. So they that can let themselves. go of those energies, emotions that are stuck within so they can move forward in life. Yeah. And that's why I, I have people. Literally, it's beautiful seeing the release and the the tears and the change of these people that come in with shoulders like this and that. And, you know, when you change lives and you see the effect it has on people, it is the most heartwarming thing for your own self. And I, I love it. I absolutely love. I love doing the business stuff, but I love being able to see as well, just a change in someone's life and then seeing the repercussions afterwards. Of, right. you know, for example, that girl, she's got a new job, a new boyfriend, and she's been able to forgive her mother, a father, and all this kind of stuff. It's just lovely. It really is when that
1: happens. It's like you feel, uh, like you said, this, You know, it's like carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, carrying all this stress and, and energy and anxiety uh, within you because you don't know how to be in any other way. But when you learn that compassion and that acceptance and that forgiveness, it's like you set yourself free, that you don't have any of those emotional ties to that person or to that situation or to that experience. It's not like you forget it, but you learn to live, you learn to love yourself enough to let yourself free, to set yourself free to let go so that you can create more of what you want in your own life.
0: A hundred percent, Dawn. And look, everybody has their story of the past. And it is important to turn your mess into a message and give it meaning in some way. But it's also important not to live in the past too much. When I did my TED Talk last month, I had a near-death experience. I went through a lot of pain, a lot of anguish, marriage breakdowns, job losses, everything like this. But I didn't talk about that. I talked about the learnings of how I can add value to other people rather than my own woes and everything like that. And mm-hmm. it is important to appreciate where you've been with other people so that they can understand you've been there as well, so they can you know, emphasize it a little bit and you can emphasize with them and show you can. But at the same time, it's very important to bring the people out of the energy of the problem right. into the energy of the solution. Exactly. Well. Exactly. So,
1: exactly. Exactly. How did, how did you get into your healing aspect of your business and, and your life? You know, going from this big financial, you know, high stress, high pass, you know, fast paced world to your, um, (laughs) when you were a kid, how did, how did you, yeah. How did, what was that process like your, that transformation, that part of your journey?
0: Yeah, sure. sure. Well, well, basically what happened was I had the near-death experience and I had been going through a lot of ailments and a lot of stuff. And I just said enough is enough. Uh I was going to doctors before 2012, probably once a week, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how much, but it was a lot anyway. And since I got into healing, mindfulness, meditation everything like that and got into it properly, let's just say the last seven or eight years now. I maybe have been to the doctor three times and mm-hmm. two of those company uh, medicals or getting something from my one of my kids. So it's so powerful when you realize that your physical well-being is so integrated to your emotional, and mental well-being.
1: Exactly. And
0: I really wanted to make sure that I was spiritually, mentally, emotionally and physically in the best possible state. Uh, body, mind, and soul is so important. You know, right. It's not about one aspect of any of right, right. All of them integrated together to be in that state. So selfishly, I wanted to heal myself first. And then I That's realized- That's not
1: that. selfish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to heal myself first because truly you should not start healing other people until you've truly held, healed yourself. It's a bit like they say, you know, in the airplane, you know, you put your own mask on first so you can help right. other people. Right. And so I did that. And once then I realized- Someone said to me as well, one of these psychics, that I had healing hands. I think they heard about the INRI in the hands. and So um, they, they said that. So I tried it. My son had stepped in this huge splinter. And we were camping in the middle of nowhere. And it was like the nearest hospital. We couldn't get out. The nearest hospital about an hour away. And I said to my ex-wife at the time, I said, shall I use my healing hands? And she looked at me as if I had two heads. But I tried it anyway. You're crazy. <laughs> and it came out. And, you know, the, the splinter actually just came out by itself. And my son told everybody, and uh, then people started gradually coming and seeing me for healing as well. Um, wow. But why did I get into it now? Why do I use it in business? As I said, you know, your your health is your wealth. So you know, when you turn up to your job, when you are in a relationship, if you are in a high vibe energy, you're going to give a lot more positivity to that relationship, to that right. team, to that business, or to whatever it is in terms of your clients say as well. So I find now that I have, like, I'll give you an example. One of the best yeah, clients I've had for the last five years, a guy called Liam McCann, who's the CEO of OcuCo, which is the biggest software support company in the optical lens industry. I'll be uh, revising his uh, sales team. I'll be doing board confrontational issues. I'll be doing mindset work on his staff and himself. And the next minute I'll have him on my plinth doing an energy healing on him, his secretary and some of his uh, you know, team and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the results have been fantastic. You know, I, I don't think it's me. I think it's just there's a channel of energy coming through me. And, uh, you know, luckily that my channel of energy seems to be reasonably clean and seems to help people as well. So look, we're all made of energy. We all know that even a lead uh, you know, cell or atom or whatever you want to call it has protons, electrons and neutrons moving around at you know, light speed inside. So there's energy and vibration within everything. And sometimes when either through long term emotional pain or mental pain uh, or a physical injury, the vibration of the cells in a certain area. So if you've got a knock here, for example, the vibration of those cells gets knocked out of sync. And uh, we all have the ability, if we learn how, to be able to hone into energy all around us and re-sync that energy back into sync if we focus and know how to do it properly. And, you know, let's face it, there's energy all around us. I'm speaking to you on this computer. It's going up the satellite. It's going back down into you. So there's energy waves all around us. Right. So why not, you know, why can't these energy waves be utilized to hone in and resync energy out of sync back into place?
1: So how do you clear your channel of energy?
0: Well, what often happens, and um, let's face it, whether you go to a supermarket or a pop festival or anything sometimes you can walk into a space like let's face it i'm sure the audience and yourself have walked into a room at times where two people have just had a argument, and you can feel that energy and you feel like walking right, back out again ah, right? right or or the, on the flip side you know you may have had a really really busy week at work and you're a bit tired and you've got a conference or something to go to or dinner at night so, you know you turn up Next minute, the laughter, the banter, the fun—you find yourself dancing your socks off to two AM, and you're, still- <laughs> <laughs> you're like, <"Whoa." laughs> and, and and even maybe you might have had a few drinks, and you feel fantastic next. Uh-huh. Time. And what is that? Well, that's energy mm-hmm. dissipating from one person to the next. And some people, when they've had hard times, they're depressed, they're stressed, whatever, or angry, whatever it is that energy vibrates within their auric field. And if you rub off that, you know, you can feel it sometimes. So what's very important, a bit like an old fashioned plug is to have an earth, a grounding in there to make sure you're very much grounded for a start. And then you almost, you know, through uh, intention, you uh, can set uh, an energetic bubble almost around yourself to help that as well. Um, But also, I mean, there's simple things, you know, they talk about salt baths, about running in terms of grounding yourself, walking in your bare feet outside in terms of grounding yourself, but also positive affirmations in terms of seeding, you know, the garden as such with lovely flowers rather than weeds uh, to create a more positive environment inside. Because we all know when someone's really suffering from stress, you can feel that energy within, you can see it in them, especially if they come into the office. And that's why it's so important to get people into the best possible state. So that's what I do. You know, quite a lot of the time I go into, uh, into offices and help people get into the best possible state. I actually have been known. I've got testimonies for going into uh, offices and houses and clearing bad energy out of there as well. When people have maybe been you know, murdered or something like that in the house before or something like that, they feel the energy. And then I have a gift to be able to just clean that energy out. And that's wow. just bringing high vibe energy and uh, speeding up the low vibration energy back up into positivity, uh, and it works. And you know, the proof is in the pudding of of the uh, testimonies and everything like that.
1: When when you start talking about this stuff, do people? What kind of response do you get from people? Do you find that people are are opening up to this energetic reality?
0: Much more so than before. As I said, you know, the CEO of Occuco is a fantastic guy. A multi, multi-multi-multi-millionaire, um, just as one example, and you know he, he's very into it now. And also, I, I coach Dell. You know, Dell Technologies, and there's some pretty serious people in there, including yeah. uh, Super Guy, Chief Investment Officer of Dell. You know, and very old-fashioned guy, but he's very open now. And I think much more people are much more open to the fact that your health is your wealth, and that energy connection between people, and on terms of the heart level, creates much better long-term relationships. And they want to be able to do that in the best possible way, in the quickest, easiest way. Um, So I help people in all different ways. And quite often, you know, there is baggage that people carry around with them because of childhood trauma, relationship trauma, ailment trauma, whatever it might be, losing a job trauma, lots of different things. So I think it's very important for people to realize that this is, you know, this is here to stay. And we can call it woo-woo, but even in, you know, uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he wrote a whole chapter on this in terms of getting your energy into the best possible state. You know, there's so many people, Napoleon Hill, you know, think and grow rich. I was going to say
1: Einstein. Einstein. There we
0: go. Yeah, exactly. So most of the most intelligent people and successful people on the planet value their energy. And like I look at Richard Branson. He's full of positive energy. Um, You know, I, I met you know the president of Dell's super character and he's full of positive energy and he meditates and he's very mm-hmm. into grounding himself. So there is, you know, very positive ways of doing it. Some people do it naturally and some people need to do it through some kind of exercise as well.
1: Well, and we have to, we have to recognize, <clears throat> we, we compartmentalize a lot of things, right? And it's like this disconnection, this disconnection from your body or from your heart or from your mind. And if, if we recognize that we are all a system, that if we're not taking care of one part of the system, it affects the entire system.
0: 100%. Yeah. And yeah.
1: so that's why all of this work is so important on an ongoing basis, because I don't, I don't think it's ever done. It's not ever done. It's a continual journey, right?
0: Well, you think about it, John, right? So I get up on stage, and when I first started getting up on stage, I was a little bit nervous, and I wanted to impress rather than bless. Now, when I'm going up on stage, I would put my hand on my heart and say, I'm Doug Gordon, I am my heart. Please let me connect with the hearts of the audience in order to bless rather than press, and add as much value to them. And in that way, what you're doing is getting yourself out of your head, into your heart, and you're just going there purely to add value. And then if you make a mistake, it doesn't matter because you don't have an ego about it because you're just trying to add value and people can right. feel that energy. Right. When I, when I got Dell, for <laughs> example, or many other big clients in terms of executive corporations, um, you know, as coaching clients, when I went in there, I didn't go in with the intention to make a quick sell. I made it, I went in there with an intention that if this guy was ever asked what I'm like, he'd go, yeah, he's a lovely guy. I went in with the intention of making sure that I made them my best long-term friend. Right. And I, and genuinely not just, it wasn't a, an intentional kind of fake thing. I genuinely did that. Um, and I think when you come from that hard space, that energy is felt. I mean, I remember when I was working in the investment world and we had a, um, so we had 280 million in a, from a different company into one of our funds, which is a lot. And, um, uh, we had the entire team, the fund management team, leave because of uh, they got offered more money elsewhere. Apart from one guy, and that's like basically Lewis Hamilton leaving Mercedes, and people thinking, "Well, how, how are they going to do now?" And so my CEO at the time said, "Doug, you know, it looks like we're going to lose the money because you know, we haven't got the main key men on on the team." Uh-huh. And I was like, "Okay, well, we still got a really good guy though. He's still in the team. Let's repitch for the business." So when I went into that meeting and I obviously I do a lot of presentation skills training. So I trained this guy up. I told him a lot about what the client's needs were so he could match his USPs to the client's needs. Uh, but then also while I was in there, I was holding space and I literally I introduced obviously as the sales director and everything like that. But then I just held space and I sent love to those analysts and to my fund manager mm-hmm. and I visualized love between them as well. And I, when I started doing that, I could see the energy of them changing as well. And not only did we keep that business, they also added another fund on their buy list. And we ended up getting, for a potential loss of $280 million, uh, we ended up going $530 million in in the, wow. forward, in the next year. So it just shows you that this energy stuff, uh, you might think it's woo-woo, but I was in the national <laughs> newspapers for growing a business from $50 million per annum sales to $1.75 billion per annum sales. Oh. And I can tell you, mo- people ask me this, oh, you must be lucky. And I'm telling you, it's not luck. It comes down to love, appreciation for other people, and energy connection with other people. That was it. That was my skill. That was my set. That was why I was successful. Nothing else.
1: That's why I wanted you on this podcast. (laughs) Because you have that's because you have such beautiful energy. And this is, you know, I know that you are a super successful business person. And and I wanted to share because because you are lots of vibrant energy that this is what this is about. You know, there's this energy of love and then there's this energy of not. And so where do you live? (laughs) Where do you
0: live? Right. hundred percent. And I have an acronym, which um, I I like to share with people. And uh, I know I shared my lots of vibrant energy one earlier on. And I, I have another one actually, I got to make love gleam within you. And, um, The uh, Because I always say what you go through, you grow through to glow through. So Mm -hmm. my make acronym is about mindset, actions, knowledge, and energy. But then in terms of getting into that best possible energetic state is to gleam your light. And my gleam acronym is about gratitude and giving to others, which we discussed in terms of giving to others earlier on. Gratitude is always spoken about. And let's face it, you and I have children. And if we give a child a present and they're not grateful, we don't feel like giving them anything else. So why would God, the universe, or even your own subconscious make you feel worthy to receive anything else if you're not grateful for what you already have? Right. And that's the first G. And then the L is one, learning, like I said earlier, learning that the hardships in life are there to help you to learn to grow, to evolve, become better versions of yourself and turn your mess into a message and give it meaning, but also learning to let go of those energies, emotions, which are stuck within. Right. Because let's say so when a river flows, it looks beautiful and gleaming, but when something gets stuck on the side, it goes stagnant, I Right. So if we can let go of the anger, the resentment, the lack of forgiveness and guilt, we can focus on that fabulous future on the problems of the past. E is for energy, which we're talking about, obviously, but also emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is self-awareness, which we talked about earlier on. Self-regulation in terms of creating win-win interactions of life, including with your own self. Let's face it, you're the person who talks to yourself the most, so you might as well make it positive at the same time. Yeah. And it's sometimes the most intelligent conversation you have, actually. Well. And, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Empathy and compassion obviously is emotional intelligence. Conscious communication is emotional intelligence. And then motivating yourself. Although I prefer the word inspiration, because motivation comes from a reason, which is outside of you. Inspiration right. comes from the word in within. spirit, which yeah. means love, which means within. Yeah. And then A is for one a is authenticity. And authenticity in terms of being your authentic self is so important because let's face it, I think I think we chose this space suit. So you <laughs> might as well <laughs> because you're the best version you can possibly be so uh, authenticity is so important also affirmations as i said in terms of affirming positivity to yourself on a daily basis and then finally m is one for meditation because i believe that meditation can be utilized one to reduce stress to increase energy for life two to visualize your dra- wishes dreams and goals and manifest them into reality and three also for getting into your heart self instead of your head self as well mm. And then finally, M is also for meaning, which I mentioned earlier on, that when you're 94 years of age and when you're looking back at your life, you're not going to look back at how, many, how much money you made or how many houses you might have held. You're going to look back at how many hearts you've touched. And that so comes down to the simplest things, as a kind word, kiss, and a, a hug as well. So pass out as many kind words, as many kisses, as many uh, hugs as you possibly can, and live a life of love with lots of vibrant energy.
1: So beautiful. Is that is that what you share with your kids? Like the most important lesson that you share with your kids?
0: Ah, yeah, my my, uh, my son and I um, um he is he's sixteen now and he follows me on Instagram and he picks me up because at times none of us are perfect, right? We all make mistakes, of course
1: not. Yeah, and
0: I, I talk a lot to him about conscious communication and being very conscious of the words that you utilize to create what you want rather than what you don't want. If I ever say anything that's, you know, oh, I hope this doesn't happen. He goes, dad, what do you always want um, So he's, he's really, And um, my daughter is getting there as well. I mean, she is, um, she's one of the most highly intelligent, she's 90% in all exams. You know, it's, so it's, it's she's one of the most highly intelligent people you could possibly managing and very, quite scientific. So she's been a little bit skeptical about the woo woo stuff, Um, But she is getting there because we had one interaction one time, which is quite funny. I just finished with my ex-girlfriend and I was devastated. And she said, Dad, you need to get out and start dating again. So she took me down to the local shops and spruced me up with a few new suits and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And on the way home, she said to me, she said, said, Dad, I really love you. But I think that energy stuff you talk about all the time on stage is a load of rubbish. And I said, "Okay, Sarah, let's put it to a test.
1: Interesting.
0: Let's, let's just say, because it was during COVID, so it was the first summer of COVID, and I said to her, think of one of your friends that you haven't seen in a while, and I want you to visualise her getting in touch with you, and I want you to say out loud that I am grateful that whoever it is gets in touch with me. So she chose this girl called Emily. And so she said out loud, I'm grateful that Emily gets in touch with me. And I know Emily. So I said, I'm grateful that Emily gets in touch with you as well. And then we sat there both visualising. Anyway, so an hour later, we arrive back at her mother's house and he walks through the door into the hallway and there, hand delivered, 15 minutes before, was a letter from Emily. And and she was like, she, she opened the letter and she looked at me as if to say, Oh, my God. And she couldn't <laughs> believe it. Anyway, and then the funniest thing is as well, Dawn, then, is, oh. this was uh, August time. And obviously they go back to school in September. So I went to pick her up, I think maybe the second week in September or something like that. And I arrived up in the school and there's like almost a 1,000 people in the school. And I was slightly early. And the first girl out of 1,000 people who came out in front of me was Emily. And oh, my
1: gosh.
0: So, wow. And at that point... Uh, my uh, my daughter said to me, maybe daddy. I? I'm not sure, wasn't I?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know I call them uh, synchronicities or God winks. It's like confirming that there's some energy greater than, you know, I mean, well, it's greater than us, but we are it, right? 100%.
0: Look, you know, we've all had that, you know, or you're sort of a friend, a brother, a sister, mother, and something like that, and they ring you within an hour, or you bump into them or, right. on the train or something like that. You know, it it happens all the time to me and, um, you know, but I think it comes down to when you come from a place of love, when you're connecting through meditation and mindfulness on a daily basis to nature, to your own inner self. Open. And when you're open, exactly, uh, then you can create whatever you want in life, but you can create good and you can create bad. So that's why it's so important to seed the flowers and try and forget about the weeds or pull out the weeds if you can as in terms of that awareness technique that I was talking about earlier. So
1: beautiful. You are such a wealth of wisdom and heart. Like you have such a big, 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 big heart. I'm so appreciative that you share your time with me today.
0: Well, Dawn, like vibration attracts like vibration. So I'm very grateful to have met you and been attracted into your field and I'm very grateful for this interview
1: as well. Thank you. So the last question that I asked my guests, Doug, are, is um, wh- how do you define real love? Because the name of the podcast is Wake Up to Real Love. So how do you define real love? Because this is what we're talking. This is everything that we're talking about is real love. So how do you define real love?
0: Well, I think you can put it in twofold. One is having real love for yourself. And really appreciating that everybody is perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And to fall in love with yourself for your imperfections, as well as your perfections, would be the first half of it. And then I mentioned the word half. Quite often people say, oh, my other half in a relationship and everything like that. And I think it's really important that real love comes down when you don't need somebody, but you just want somebody. And you want them maybe to share that adventure of life with you. Mm-hmm. rather than actually needing someone to fill in the gaps inside of you. right? When you come from that place, that's true love.
1: It's that nobody is a half. You're already whole. <laughs> Perfect, oh. whole, and complete. So that when
0: but, you... And, and I, I also, as I said at the start, and I've said a few times during this, I do believe that we're all vibration, we're all energy. And the highest form of energy is joy and love. And love is lots of vibrant energy in my TED talk, in my book. And I talk about it all the time. And I think when you meet people who match your vibration, it's incredible. I often say to people, you know, if you want to attract love, if you want to attract, you know, someone special into your life, write down all the traits and character traits of that person that you want in your life and then go and make sure you're like those traits yourself. Exactly. And you never know, you know if you want someone who's you know, fit and healthy and, you know, has a six pack. If you go down to the gym every week, you might meet them in the gym as well. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah.
1: Be I say the, I say be the partner you want to have.
0: 100 percent. Yeah, exactly. And so treat good. yourself with true love and then you'll treat other people as well. Quite often people treat themselves and talk to themselves in the worst possible ways. Right. Uh, and you certainly wouldn't want to be treated by anybody else like that. So why treat yourself like that as well?
1: Yeah, I say be your own best friend. (laughs) Whatever your girlfriends or guy friends would tell you, because usually they're not so, you know, I mean, they're usually kind (laughs) and supportive and encouraging. It's like you have to do that for yourself first.
0: Yeah, and and also realize that in love, love is unconditional for other people and realizing that everybody on this planet has their own journey Mm -hmm. and everybody goes through different things. And quite often, people try and push their own opinions of other people, sometimes because they want to help other people. And I think it's very important to ask for permission to share before you share. And if you are trying to help other people, just realize that they are not necessarily where you are yet, and they're not necessarily ready for what you have to share. Yes, you can share in an inspirational state in a public domain, but pushing something down someone's throat um, is not the way to go, I think, in in my view.
1: Well, that's not love. Yeah. That, has, that has an agenda yeah. as opposed to just being, being present. I know you've talked about presence. You know, Your presence, your love energy is, a, is really the best gift that you can give yourself and give the rest of the world.
0: 100%. 100%. And look, every single day, we all have to self-improve. Uh, I still look at myself in terms of my thoughts, my habits, and my emotions in terms of every interaction I have, including my own self and analyze them at the end of the day, just five minutes, even saying, did that work or did it not work? What can I have done better? (laughs) And, you know, we're all a work in progress. As I said, we're all perfectly imperfect. And look at your imperfections. If you can truly look at your imperfections and admit to them, then, you know, everybody sometimes these days talk about narcissism. But if you can look at your imperfections, And look at them with a sense of, okay, where do I need to self-improve? And admit them to other people. Then you know you're not a narcissist. Because narcissists can't do that. Right. So look at your imperfections in a state of love. And just appreciate you for the journey of life. And that everything is about learning and improving and everything like that.
1: Yeah. I feel like every circumstance and situation is an opportunity to either love myself more, love and compassion for myself, or love and compassion for somebody else. 100%.
0: 100%. Yeah. 100%. yeah.
1: You're it. so beautiful. So how can people get in touch with you? You're, you're just an amazing, amazing person, Doug. I'm so grateful.
0: Well, likewise, Dawn. Thank you. Uh, so I've got a, a few websites. I've got DougDGordon.com. And if you go on there, I actually have an online course there. And on the online course, if you go on there, it's, it's called High Performance Success Without Stress. But it's actually helping you get into the best version of yourself. And I've utilized basically everything that I do with all the top CEOs and executives and some of the biggest corporations in the world, but also with the individuals that I work with. So there's a good mix of the Buddha side and the business side so that, you know, the kind of holistic side in terms of getting yourself energetically right, but also some really good business tips in there as well. That helped me grow my businesses to be successful and may help you as well. So that'll be one. I've also got a healing website, which is called Body Health and A&D Soul com, And then I have my corporation one where I have other consultants in there as well, which is DS, which it stands for deliver and serve. Uh, D- also, my daughter's called Sarah. So it's <laughs> Doug and Sarah, but DS uh, uh, Performance Optimization, which is spelled, the optimization is spelled in an S the English way. So it's DS Performance com. So, yeah, and I've got a new book coming out. It will uh, should be out hopefully in about a couple of months' time. I've got testimonies from people like John Martin and Lisa Nichols and Stephen Covey are all New York Times bestsellers and many other amazing people who um, I just know through speaking on stage all around the world. And everything. Mm-hmm.
1: So beautiful. You are, a tes- you are a testimony of love, <laughs> heart, emotional intelligence. And the, what I say in the podcast is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself that that sets the stage for every other relationship that you create. Yes. Yeah. And when you come from a place of love and compassion and acceptance, like you can change the world.
0: Well, do you know what, Dawn? I'm certainly not perfect, but I'm trying to get better every single day. And, you know, the journey of life and this game of life and the fun of it when you reframe it and look at yeah. all these interactions with different people. of What can I learn? What's mirroring back? And what can I utilize to help other people in some way or form? It gives this game of life so much more fun in terms of that.
1: It is. It's so fun. (laughs) So listeners, I'm sure you have been inspired by this conversation with the beautiful Doug Gordon. Uh, So please subscribe to the Wake Up To Real Love podcast. Give five-star reviews. Share with your friends because we want to share this energy of love out in the world. And if you want to get in touch with me, work with me. I'm on all the social channels, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. Uh, at either Dawn Richard or The Awakening with Dawn. And uh, I'd love to help support you and create more love in your life. So thank you so, so much, Doug, for being here. I love talking to you. <laughs> oh,
0: Me too. And if anybody's listening, I've been on stage with Dawn. She's an absolute rock star and a wealth of knowledge. So do get in touch with her. She's amazing. Thank you.
1: Same, same for you, Doug. So everyday listeners wake up to more and more real love. Take care and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Doug. I really love having you
0: here. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Subscribe to the Wake Up To Real Love podcast. Leave five-star reviews. And of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at The Awakening with Dawn.